0: And welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to teach you everything you need to know about Ireland through the media and other nonsense like that. My name, of course, Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my faraway friend and co-host,
1: Robert Cross. Thank you very much, Steve. Hi, guys. It's Rob here. Um, you might notice a slight difference in, in this week's podcast uh, for two reasons. Uh, firstly, we've we managed to get the new audio equipment working fine. Uh, we were missing a very specific cable, and now it works. So I'm, I'm actually using it myself. Uh, however, Stu still isn't here uh, due to a change in government regulations. We no longer have, uh, have any visitors in our houses. So we're you actually know, I have argued,
0: Zoom. I have argued that podcasting should be exempt from that law, but uh, I don't think I'm going
1: to get anywhere in the courts with that one. I—I I mean, even with our new setup, it—it—I it, mean, we could theoretically do the two-meter social distancing, but you know, my office isn't exactly big enough. For, 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 yeah, for unfortunately. That. Although we are literally next to a window, which I could have opened. So I mean, ventilation—it's—it's it's, you know, But we have to go by government regulations, and it's looking like we'll be facing a, a much harsher lockdown quite soon. So we'll—we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that'll be a great fun for all. Oh yeah. Well, let's let's hope we can have a Christmas. Um, yeah. <laughs> there be so, no there's uh, no first, Halloween this year. So Yeah, so first off, before we get into anything specific,
0: I think we have to discuss the worrying news that a certain dolphin we all know and love, Fungi, down in Dingle, has been missing for quite some time and uh, hasn't been seen or heard from in quite some time.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's an interesting story, Stu. So I think the news came out on Thursday um, of Fungi, the beloved dolphin that lives down in Dingle, what uh, we just think discussed it on this podcast before, I'm pretty sure. We have definitely mentioned it at some point. Yeah, but I suppose just to, to reiterate, uh, Fungi is a lone dolphin, which is quite odd for dolphins, isn't it? Um, They don't really live in groups. Yeah, I mean, there's some conspiracy theories out there about it being an actual pod of dolphins, but only one is ever seen at a time, which is strange, but... Yeah, well, we'll have to see, but uh, Fungi has been living down there for now. There's different estimates given. It's certainly between 32 and 29 years down in uh, Dingle, around the bay down there. Um, Certainly, like, through all of our childhoods, it was there.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's become a... Uh... National treasure, you might say, and uh, definitely a a big boost to the
1: tourist industry of Dingle. Absolutely, and Dingle's a lovely place. I think we just really, really, I think we've we mentioned in a previous podcast that we, we had a New Aladdin College who did the the actual tour boats that went out to see Fungi. So, um, yeah, you know, good crack. So I think the but first they, thing we need to
0: ask everyone is uh, hashtag Pray
1: for Fungi. Well, it it has been a it's been a roller coaster ride, Stu. That the news first came out, I think, about Thursday evening that Funky had hadn't been seen since Monday, and there were yeah. like you know concerns because you know the lads in the boats they know him, Stu. He's also like the only dolphin that kind of is around that area, so they were like, oh god, we we haven't seen him in a bit, we're a bit concerned. So then the news changed on Friday to oh they've they've seen him, um, and it was like oh thank god. But the story has developed again, Stu. I I think late last night, early this morning, to. Well, they're not actually sure if they did see fungi or not now, so it, it's very much up in the air at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of trouble, but uh, there's not much we can do about it. He, he's in our hearts
1: and our thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't think I can take this in 2020s. Do it. It's just. I know. Much. Yeah, it's it's, it's been a, a hell of a year, and this would be another dagger in the back. I suppose. Oh, it would just be too much too. just be too yeah. much. So anyway, into uniquely Irish where this week we're going to talk a bit about the burren. Yes, the burren is an interesting place. Uh very unique, I'd have to go as far as saying, Stu.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I did a bit of research, but I couldn't
1: see much about other places that have a similar landscape to the burren here. I believe it's it's a karst or karst landscape, isn't it? If I remember junior search geography correctly.
0: Yeah, it's it's basically that when the the rock that
1: formed Ireland rose out of the
0: sea through whatever tectonic activity it brought up a load of the seabed with it.
1: So it's it's a massive area of limestone in his uh, northern Clare, I believe. North and West Clare. There is there I you know, you don't want to tell someone from like they're in West Clare, Stu, I can tell you that. But it's approximately <laughs> around that area. Um I know it quite well as we as we discussed, it's not too far from Middletown Malby in our seminal review, the Yank. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a
0: lovely area. There's a lot of history there. I mean, I think we kind of mentioned something in it last week, which is Aloe Caves, where yeah, the prehistoric right bears uh, skeletons were found. Yeah, but it
1: is a, it's a very, very different place. Like, it's... Um, when we did geography for our, our junior cert, like our junior high exams, or like GCSE, 1415 like 14, it's 15 year in, old exams. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like our inter, intermediate exams, like the inter was its old name. When we did geography and we did physical geography, you would just be learning about the barren for a, a good chunk of it. You know, the, the Clints and I think, were the like the things in the ground that like the was it the, the the clints where the like the rocks and the grogues, like the little gaps in between them because it, it's like um i don't know how to really describe it correctly i'd, I'd say like almost like the surface of the moon in places it's yeah kind of very it, rocky but it's all kind of broken
0: it, it's hard to say it's like rows of limestone with a break in between each one going quite flat uh, along for a very long distance and uh,
1: it, it, but it's very it is very flat obviously there's sheer cliffs in, into the atlantic ocean yeah. parts um, which are i suppose it is flat it just gets very flat very quickly when you're going off the edge but um, there are kind of cliffs and bits in in areas and more kind of loose rock but it, it is very flat and there are um, if i remember correctly underground rivers there as well because limestone is a very porous rock yeah yeah so what so, happens is the uh, isn't it the water over millions of years has eroded away the rocks
0: or the limestone rock specifically and uh, there's like underground rivers, underground caverns, and stuff s- such as Aloe Caves, as we said, and uh, pretty dangerous, I suppose, uh, to be wandering around there with no idea what you're doing. But it's a fantastic
1: tourist attraction, and it's a wonderful spot to visit. It is. It's a very nice place. You you can see it in several episodes of uh, Father Ted as well. I think the one where they go pig pigna- uh, picnicking rather in um Old Grey Whistle Theft with uh, Mr Benson's whistle, and they they go out to like have a picnic in the barren. And the other two people turn up and start giving out to them. Um, but it's it's a very, you know, unique place. I, I really can't think of anywhere else in the world that's like it. I I mean, um, you, you're kind of contrasted, I suppose, in a sense, with the Giants' closet, which we discussed before, in terms of it's a kind of unique kind of rocky location. But, yeah. um, you know, very, very different, I, I think it's fair to say. Um, I'm reminded from my, my study of history, uh, something... I don't know if it was Cromwell that said this or one of his generals, but I think he described the baron as um, not a tree to hang a man nor a lake to drown one.
0: Yeah, that's that's a, a pretty good summation. As we said, it, it's very flat. It's it's mostly kind of bits of grass. I mean, I know that because of the kind of the unique limestone in the in the soil and that we get species of flowers and other uh other flora there that don't really grow anywhere
1: else in ireland yeah it's it's very kind of different i, I suppose because of the conditions there um but it's beautiful in, in its own kind of way in kind of a remote way but uh you know it's worth mentioning as well that people do kind of live around here there are farmers that manage to have animals here like not all of it's very rocky some there's some bits where grass does grow properly yeah but um it's interesting anyway i I gotta say like if you get a chance to go there i mean you you don't want to spend all day there really but definitely have like a drive through it um take a look kind of walk around be very careful in some areas like go don't wander off really there are plenty of stories of like dogs finding little caverns and going into them people like falling through it so do be very 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 hospitable area but but
0: that's kind of part of what makes it unique is that i know Obviously, because you can't really farm there or anything, and it would be very difficult to live there in prehistoric times. There are a number of um, ancient historic, uh, not not buildings, but what would you call them, Rob? You know the
1: portal dolmens There, they're kind of just structures, I suppose. Yeah, well, yeah, they're 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 quite interesting. I I suppose it's like um, a table almost, I would say, of rocks. It's like they have a very heavy headstone they would like made it to like a large kind of flat rock kind of like in a square kind of rectangular kind of shape yeah. and they would like lift that up somehow we're not actually too sure in a lot of cases how they did it and it would be like suspended on you know three or four other kind of rocks or sort of, I suppose in a way like not a million miles off Stonehenge but yeah and a, of a not, similar not a kind but not a, not as large or anything I think
0: you basically have two kind of rocks standing vertically and then you have one rock sat on top of them horizontally and uh from what I remember of geography anyway is that they were built you kind of like build up a mound of dirt yeah and then be able to slide the rock up or whatever and then take the dirt away and the rock on top then sits firmly on top of the the other two you can imagine that they were probably a lot more of them around Ireland because they're not entirely sure what they were for I don't think in other places they would have obviously been moved
1: for a more farming and whatnot. That's true, and I mean it. It's uh, perhaps they were forgetting to the Nethers <laughs> too. No, if only that were the case. I think or... in one of the Darren Shan, um, the Limerick novelist, he, he did. Um, not in his um, vampires Assistant books, but in his his second series of books, you know, where he deals with kind of magic and all that. The Demonatra, that's what it is. I I think there's one one of the books which is set back, I think. It's set in, like, ancient Ireland. And I think it's, like, they're used as, like, traveling devices in it, if I remember correctly. I might be getting it mixed up with something else, but it was like, you'd walk through one if you use magic and you'd walk out another one, like Stargate. Oh, right, I see that, that, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, as we seamlessly transition into the movie... They could also be there to hold some kind of evil entity underneath the ground, you might say. Some kind of
1: massive gorilla.
0: Yeah, uh, I have something about that. So we'll jump right into the movie this week. It is Rawhead Rex, which is the movie of... It's an American man, brings his family over to Ireland to kind of research old ancient historical sites. And so he comes into this... Yeah, so he comes to this uh, little town of Rathmorn, which
1: doesn't actually exist... I did and, look uh, into this too. Um, there okay. is a there is a Rathmoren Dairy, uh, spelled differently, or a t h uh, m o u r n e, kind of like more of the the Mourne Mountains up in the. Oh north. right, it's up in it's near enough to Núria, in Northern Ireland. Um, it's it, it, I don't think it's a townland. It just looks like it's a dairy, but they're. It, it is there. Um, there is no Rath Morney. It doesn't specifically say where it is. Although later in the the Garda thing, there is a sign for like uh, County Wicklow sheep dipping regulations in 1984. So I felt yeah. it was. It looked like Wicklow. I'm pretty sure it is Wicklow. I'm yeah, the the, sure the,
0: the movie was recorded up in Wicklow, so that uh, that explains that one. But yeah, so what happens is the the American man is there, and uh, separately from that, a farmer is trying to pull out this uh this large standing stone from his field. He eventually right. gets it down. And that releases Rawhead Rex to wreak havoc on the town.
1: Yeah, just to kind of talk about the very start, it's like the Yank, uh, Hollander. I, I Hollenbeck, is it? Ah, uh, Hallenbeck. Ha- Hallenbeck. Sorry. he has a very weird American name. I kept calling him like Hollander, and I think like, no, I'm thinking of like Wallander, the Swedish detective. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought like, the, I I like the opening scene. Like he's just there puffing away in his marble, like bombing through the Irish countryside. And there's just something like it, 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 it been very Irish. Like when he pulls into the the town of Rathmore, Rathmore. Um, I was like, my God, this is like an old Irish town. Like it's got Oh yeah, a- you can tell
0: that it was definitely recorded in Ireland because of e- even the, the scenery as they're going past it and then coming into the town itself. But one thing that I did notice, I don't think I've ever seen in Ireland, is that
1: the town had a population sign. We don't do that here. That's a That's a very American thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, was... to their to, to their credit, they they actually did come up with a, belie- a very believable um name like Rathmore. It's like it it sounds Irish and it, it's an it's an original one. Even like the Irish uh, Rath uh, Um, I'm not too, so Rath means fort or like fortress, We just we discussed that before. I can't find a direct translation of the second word. I think they kind of made it up. The closest thing is actually like Murrah, which is like Saint Mary, the Mother of Jesus. So yeah, I don't we, think it's that. I don't think it's that. But it that that's the only thing there is uh, Murna, which is. An Irish, similar Irish word for marina, but I, I that's a more modern thing. I don't think it means. that. Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine. So, just probably something that they wanted to sound Irishish without being but,
0: tied but to I think any specific
1: town. Job. Like was it one of Simpsons Dunkill Derry or some of the other ones? It's actually, oh yeah, quite, it's actually quite good. It's It generally does sound like an Irish place. There, a couple of things I love about the town is it has the really old petrol pumps. Uh, oh yeah, one of the shops like they That is that's a really old thing if you go to like some very small villages in some parts them don't so you wouldn't have like massive service station petrol stations or gas stations whatever you want to call them um you just have kind of like these two pumps outside the shop and then there might be like a little place you to pull in and fill up the car but a few of these places still have them they don't use them anymore but they're just there as kind of like almost antiques and that really reminded me of a few places um what i love as well is um I, I just paused it to kind of look at the, the pumps in one of the scenes where he's driving through the town. And All right, don't tell me how
0: much it costs now, Rob, because I'll start crying.
1: <laughs> now, if you look across to the um the, the shop there, I noticed firstly, it's got the HB ice cream little round oh, thing. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is it has one for major cigarettes. <laughs> As it should. It's like, just like, I recognize that straight away because what my granddaddy used to smoke. Um, you know, just really, really funny. It was like, ah, yeah, this is like the, the, the 80s like slash early 90s where you can still advertise that outside a shop.
0: Yeah, now you can't advertise anything. Yeah, so the director for this was George Pavlo, uh, who directed like four movies in his entire career, and I had never heard of any of the other ones, no. so I can't really comment on that. The writer, however, as I mentioned to you last night, is Clive Barker, who oh, actually wrote it. the Hellraiser trilogy, or the Hellraiser movies, or the books, I should say. But he actually did the screenplay for this, and I think worked on the screenplay for Hellraiser
1: as well. He did, I think. Yeah, I I think I was mentioning to say last night when I I never really watched the Hellraiser films too much, but I did was was like a Clive Barker inspired video game. I think we worked out it was Jericho. Yeah. Um, last night um, on PlayStation 3, I think, which is, like, just shooting demons, but you have soldiers that have superpowers. And I said, like, the, the bit that I remember, was, like, there's one of the girls, and she was, like, a blood scribe, so she'd, like, cut herself and do magic on scrolls with this stuff. Really like
0: edgy but stuff, yeah, you know?
1: It wasn't a great game. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, think only, I think I think only rented it for the weekend, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, but
0: I must say, like, I, I actually have been watching the Hellraiser movies kind of since we're in Halloween month, just to... yeah watch a bit more horror and they're they're quite good i mean it's mostly like gore as in gore porn because it like it's just people getting torn to shreds by hooks and murdered in various horrific ways but i mean it it kind of it shows a lot of why clive barker he actually became a very famous horror writer uh because of those books and Probably Rawhead Rex as well, which he was really disappointed with this movie. I read, like, he's talking about a remake of it now, isn't he? I think there's been talks for a while about that, whether it'll actually get the go-ahead or not. Who knows? Hopefully they'll come back to
1: Ireland to do it. I hope so. I mean, I, I, I hope hopefully we can be in it. If they get Connor McCann to <laughs> direct it, too. I think, I think I'd think i like the tone of that film. Well, that would be fantastic. Uh um, hey, name McCann can be the um, instead of the American. Oh, that, well, he could be the, the, the priest, the mad one. Oh, my God, yes. Stu I think I think we've just written a, the fill of the script right now let's do it <laughs> if only but yeah um
0: I do know that he was he was upset about the the way the movie turned out he did obviously write the, the screenplay for it I think it was only the second screenplay he'd ever written because he did the screenplay for another one of his his books um I can't remember the name of it now but they they changed a lot of aspects of the story I know for one yeah. thing Rawhead Rex actually looks a lot different. In the book, he's he's meant to be. I would imagine so. It's it's a weird thing. It like you kind of get the the hints of it in the movie, but it's meant to be kind of a, a strange phallic story where Rahad oh. rex is a little Rahat rex that is actually, a little rapey and that, does some weird makes stuff. Sense
1: well, there's like hints of it in the film. We'll
0: we'll get to later, but yeah. Like... But at, at the same time, he's supposed to be incredibly tall. And uh, his head is supposed to be kind of like almost deli meat in a way. It's it's hard to kind of describe what he wants, but that's why he's called Rawhead. But you don't—they changed it completely to like this weird horse head thing with the uh, xenomorph kind of double mouth for some reason.
1: I thought he just looked like a, a, an off-cut King Kong. Yeah, it was a very strange
0: direction to take with something that, like, I mean, you can look up online the uh, covers for the, the actual book, and it's just completely different to what you get on the screen.
1: Yeah, it, it, I gotta say, like, it's very under... Like, we'll get to it when we're talking through the film, but, like, I was very underwhelmed, and particular as well, like, because you see him when the Farmer fellas are, like... um uh, the two the two boyos head off because the dinner's on the table. Um, yeah. which is very Irish. I love that. And the other farmer, like he just starts digging, it, and then smoke starts coming out underneath this. Like they're like trying to pull this large rock, kind of just a standing stone monolith. I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like trying to pull it up in the dig. They can't do it, and then he. the other two boys go off and then he's like digging around and smoke comes out and then you actually see the raw head and it's just like I think like it would have been more impactful if you didn't see him until later because you see him like in the first five minutes which I think is never a good thing in a monster film and then it's just like oh that looks really shit
0: yeah I think they they could have taken a leaf out of the likes of the alien movies where the more you don't see it the better um, and just kind of like keeping to darkness and kind of seeing parts of the monster but not the whole thing because It wasn't exactly the best suit.
1: Well, I mean, look at even if we go back to another Irish low budget horror film, you know, Dead Meat uh, in Conor McMahon's Fantastic Direction. They knew they couldn't get a good zombie cow thing. So they just used like hooves and kind of bits. And it kind of worked in that regard. Like if they'd done something like that for this, like if it was just like all the kind of first person camera angles that are like much higher up, so you get an idea of how imposing this guy is. um, That'd be fine. I just think whenever you see him on screen with that, it's, I don't get like scared of it because I just think it looks funny. Like it's just, it's hilariously bad. Oh yeah, as I
0: said, to me it just looks like a big horse's head, especially because it, it seems to have like a, a mohawk going like down its back.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. It's it's like kind of a deformed gorilla with like a kind of half a horse's face and you know, it just looks weird but like not good not good weird, just yeah. like really kind of low budget. It's like this you know, I'm kind of glad I didn't try and do like CGI because there's some like special effects later in the film at the end we'll talk about, they're not great, but you know, well, I think this was eighty
0: six, so you can't really blame them too much for that.
1: Well, I mean, Star Wars is seventy seven, but anyway. But um, I know they didn't have a lot of practical buttons, effects. But thinking, <laughs> just, you know, well, there were some good-ish practical effects in this film, but I, I just think the, the the monster itself is really, really bad, and yeah, it takes away from a lot of the impact of the film. I would, I would think, like even if it's you know. You didn't really see it, and it was kind of in the darkness, and things like that. I think it would be more effective, and like you only see its face, and it's you know, if you just sort of like or just even just like like the red- glowing red eyes, yeah. That, that's what I was going to say if you just like saw the, the the glowing red eyes and like the dark going through the forest and everything like that that would actually be quite effective and you just kind of see like a POV shots from him and people like screaming I see the claws maybe like go out or something like that that could have worked but yeah like generally like 2 out of 10 for this like costume
0: yeah uh, fun fact about it though they were trying to get Peter Mayhew who does Chewbacca to, oh, have, to be Rawhead
1: but his appearance fee was too high for them I, I think he probably just looked at it and it was like he bloody joking like i'll just get the chewbacca costume painted black i'd probably do a better job than that
0: might have worked uh the only other kind of big person even though i couldn't find anything of note on them is that
1: the main actor howard hollandbeck who's played by uh david dukes yeah i, I gotta say like i really thought i mean, i sort of saw his name i was like oh that better not be like the american like kkk guy and i was like oh it's not thank god
0: that's where i knew it from i was kind of i recognized the name and it sounded funny and I was like,
1: "Where the fuck do I know that?" It, yeah, it's David. It's David Duke who he, right. he was um, noted white supremacist. He, he was like literally in the KKK at one point. Um, you know, I, obviously, I know they're not the same person, but like, mate, you get to like pick your name as an actor. Maybe don't have it so close to this guy. I mean, even if you're like Davy Dukes, it'd be like yeah, that'd be alright. But, but was was he even as active at the time in '86? Oh no, at his height, he, he ran for president in like '88, I think. Uh like, this oh right, probably, yeah, yeah, that's worse. No. No, no, I mean, like, as as far as I'm aware, um, I'll double check this later, but I'm pretty sure, like, he actually got, like, elected to some state house in, like, 88 or 86, so I think this is probably the worst time to have that name as an actor. Yeah, bad naming
0: convention, definitely. So, into the movie itself, I wanted to ask you, did you find the, the kind of, the direction really strange at times? Like, you know, there'd be Rawhead stalking someone or something, and then it would be cutting back and forth really quickly to some other scene where something else was happening.
1: Yeah, like I felt it's a, the entire film is a little bit disjointed in a lot of places. It just kind of cuts between scenes too much. I think it really hurts the flow of the film. Like when there are bits, like if they stay in one place for more than about two or three minutes, some of them are actually quite good. Like, uh David Dukes, the actor, he's probably the best actor in the film, but he doesn't really get a chance to show it until, like, the last third of the film. Um, yeah, he's he's hardly even the main character for the first half of the movie, really. No, see, that's another really weird thing. It's like, he effectively is the main character. It's like, when, when you open up the film, you see him having his fag and going in there, you pass past his wife and kids, you get the impression, like, right, this is the main guy. You kind of establish, oh, he's a father, here's his son, his wife has given out that of that, but... You know, it cuts to, like, the, the farmer fellas, you see the priest, you see uh, O'Brien, the the priest assist, I think he's the purser or something like that in the, the church, but... Um it, it kind of jumps and it kind of focuses more on the detectives for a bit like Gisson and all that and it's it's just really eh, you know it's disjointed I, I it, really, it is and it's I, I think it really has to be with the direction here it's just a really off I think you could probably cut a better film for what was like left on the floor in terms of making it a more cohesive story but for what's here it's it, it, I think it actually hurts the film a fair bit because it, it's, it's I found it hard to keep track at times I'd like say like wait a minute it was and then, like, it just cuts the, like, bits, like, where this cuts the caravan park for the first time without establishing that at all or any of the characters. And it's just like, wait, what? what what's happening here? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll get to that.
0: Um, so I suppose we'll kind of go through a few bits from the start. Uh, so, yeah, we kind of, we spoke already. That the farmer is trying to knock down the monolith uh, to get it out of his field, which, of course, releases Rawhead. Um, we get a little bit of an introduction to the the... What did you call him, the purser, the, the priest's I, assistant?
1: I think he calls himself the purser, yeah. Now I this is I would be like ninety percent to say this is like a Church of Ireland, a Protestant thing, because well firstly they're singing hymns, which is well, not they say hymns. um they just kept shouting hallelujah over and over again for quite some time. Yeah, that's that doesn't seem that off. Um also it's like he described as the reverend and the style of dress he's using and everything else in the fact he's like a rector. I presume it's Church of Ireland, um, but that's fine. But um, yeah, it, it's it's actually quite a nice church. Actually, I, I don't know if I think it was up in a set in Ardmore st- in studios for the, the inside bits because I don't think they'd be able to wreck a church like that. Nor would yeah, you but have they a they, they did a really good
0: job because
1: it looks exactly like every generic church in Ireland. It does. It really reminded me, Stu, of. Um, we talked about like Bunratty Folk Park. Like Bunratty is a castle out in Clare, near enough to Shannon, and they have like a folk park out the back, and it has like a recreation like an Irish town and a few other bits. But they have an old, very old church there, um, a bit further out, which is like um been reconstructed from somewhere and it just really reminded me of that like slightly bigger scale but you know it was that kind of design and everything else As like the old altar facing away and like the little lectern for where the, the priest would give the reading or whatever Um, so really nice I mean I think they did a very good job with it
0: yeah it was good and you kind of from the, the very start you get the the hints there's something up with the, the purser lad because you yep. see him giving like oh, the you see him giving the horny eyes to one of the, the girls in mass I mean he's, he's not
1: a priest he's allowed to get married too
0: well, it was just the uh, the vibe that I got. You can see he kind of there was something not right about him.
1: Oh no, he definitely he definitely looks a bit off. Um, he's a wrong one, as the English would say.
0: Yeah. So then the pillar finally falls. Rawhead is released. You don't actually get to see him killing
1: the the farmer. I don't think. No, you don't. It's it's heavily implied, but you do get a glimpse of him, which is the first point. I went, oh my god, this is, looks terrible. And uh, there's a a freak uh, thunderstorm that happens while he's being released. Yeah, so you hear this like, so the, the the Yank, I'm going to call him the Yank throughout of this because I forget his first name and his last name is too complicated, but he's called him the Duke. The Duke. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just going to say I'm calling him the Yank as everyone else Grant. does in, in in the film. I do have his kids names down there. So he's like taking pictures of the, the graves and everything else outside this nice church. It does look like a very nice church in, in, in Wicklow, actually. Um, I, I must say they picked a very nice location. Um, then his son Robbie comes over and he's like, "Oh, we, mom is given out. She wants to say it's raining and everything else." And they kind of establish the relationship there. Uh, first thing, um, his son definitely isn't American.
0: <laughs> no, I'm. I'm pretty sure the kids were were Irish. Probably just because they didn't
1: want to be shaping kids across the the world. For a movie? No, they're 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 both Irish actually. I did double check this. But I mean I just love like he's trying to do an American accent because he's a child actor, he just can't. Funnily enough, the the girl, uh did you catch, his daughter, did you catch her name by the way, Stu? Minty. Minty. Yeah. Uh which I that is a weird name. If you if you what know I what mean, me uh
0: considering I think I have it later on in
1: my notes, that uh the mother is a shit mother. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she is a shit mother. Oh, we'll get to that. But um, Minty, uh, she's actually Donal Lunny's daughter, a uh, famed oh, Irish right. uh, trad musician uh, who I met on a train actually right before the lockdown. Nice guy. He introduced the bazooki from Greek music to Irish music, or was largely responsible for it. I don't know if but, that's uh, a good thing
0: or a war crime, but I'll take your word for it. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, there, there, there you go. But that's his daughter, actually. I, I just thought I'd mention that. Um, her mother is actually German, so I think it might be why she has a slightly better American accent because I, I think she actually does kind of speak English with a non-kind of Irish accent at times. time. Yeah. So. so speaking of the Fair graveyard, of, though, but, did you notice the the carved pillars around? I did. That was interesting. Um, I it, 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 almost like, um, stone kind of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, because those are are used later on in the film. So I was just kind of I was watching. I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. I'm sure that's going to come up again. Yeah, it catches your eye in kind of a clever way. Cause I think like even when the, I, I will say like the while the direction isn't great in this film, the, the the editing isn't great. Some of the cinematography is actually quite good. I think because you you do get like a shot where like he's taking the pictures, but you can see the kind of pillars around him at different angles. So it's like he's technically the focus of the shot, but you're you're kind of you see the yeah your eyes are drawn to the pillars your eyes are drawn to the pillars and you kind of if you kind of think about it you can kind of see the map out was like almost in the the formation that you see at the end of the film so i thought it was actually
0: one thing that i I did get a good laugh at is the the wife's starts complaining about having stayed in ireland for so long and uh he says it's a, a half day's drive back to dublin yeah
1: um which okay so this is like before a lot of the larger motorways and roads would have been really built at this point but it wouldn't Take that long? Well, know, if we're assuming back, that they're actually I in mean, Wicklow, even, but uh, it's just it was a it was a funny like Jesus, the
0: the eighties must have been a terrible time if it took a half a fucking day to get to Dublin.
1: Well, I th- I think it's like it's not really said where they are. I mean, I I just know it's Wicklow. Is well, it's a, there's a thing in the Garda station that says it's Wicklow. And we we know they shot this in Wicklow. So I think yeah. it's like un- unidentified in Ireland. But even like without the you know the M50 or like the the M set like a lot of the proper roads. It would even like when we were like a lot younger we'd like be driving from Limerick to Dublin, it would definitely take about four hours, maybe four and a half, but it wouldn't take half a day, like I mean. Yeah, it was just something dri- that I picked up on. It was seemed nonsense. Unless you're driving from like Jesus the far like Dingle. If you're actually yeah, we're driving from Dingle to Dublin, that probably would take you more than six hours back in the day. It probably would take you a good chunk of time now. But Yeah. Yeah. But um I don't think they're in Kerry. <laughs> uh we hope not. <laughs> So then the next thing is that I have the, the farmhouse. Oh, I was going to say the, the, the bit where um uh, Watson, the yank goes in and he, he meets the, the purser of Brian. And that's when they have their kind of first awkward interaction. Um, oh, yeah. Because yeah. you, you remember like during the, the choir practice, like where they're doing the singing and then one of the girls, she's up on the altar and like, she drops the, the flowers because it's like, oh, my hands were burning, and then, and then after. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, they start
1: touching oh, that oh, altar, and it, somehow they can see through uh, Rawhead's eyes. Yeah, yeah, it, it's basically that. Because like O'Brien meets the uh, the Yank, and like he's taking pictures of the. There's the weird stained glass window it has like the red eyes that kind of go through, and. He's taken that and he's like, Oh, I'm looking for the, the Reverend and O'Brien's kind of being a bit awkward and weird with him. Like this is before like he's gone mad and then after he goes off to, to meet the Reverend in the rectory, O'Brien like touches the altar, like burns his hand and kind of Yeah, you know, it's kind of implied, I suppose he he kinda of goes mad at this point. Like he has the visions of the yeah. um of the, the monster and all that. And then, you know, the Yank goes off and meets the, the Reverend he's like, Can I get the records? And he's like, Oh yeah, I'll sort that out Did You meet the the other fellow I did. And he's like, Ah oh, grant, And then he goes off with the family again but I think it's just worth mentioning that because um, it kind of, it's a point where like a Ryan does go mad. And, but even before that, you see like he's a bit off and it sets up a few bits about the altar. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of more foreshadowing for later on in the movie, I suppose. There's something interesting as well. When he's talking to the Reverend, I think the Reverend was played by Colin Tobin, who's a famous Irish actor. He probably would have been the biggest Irish person in this film at the time. Famous comedic actor, would have been on television a lot at the time, Um, playing playing the the, the Reverend too. I think is actually quite like an old genteel man. Um, And two of them were talking and he's like, oh, I think there was something here long before even pre-Christian. And he, and he goes, oh, New lifting." He goes, oh, pre-Roman. And he goes, well, of course, that wouldn't apply here. And I was like, oh. Yeah. oh. I, I was like, good. Because just to, to say to people, the Romans actually never came to Ireland. Uh, um, they were certainly in the in parts of Britain they went as far as Adrian's Wall in Scotland but uh, they never came over here they called us Hibernia which you do see in some things now these days but uh, I think Hibernia means like cold wet place and certainly if you've been in lots of scenes in this film the White says as we came here in monsoon season I think they weren't exactly wrong <laughs> and
0: actually from, from my reading of uh, little bits of behind
1: the scenes it was actually
0: snowing at the time for some reason oh, really? they were doing it in winter and so that they had to keep hosing down the, uh, the outdoor scenes just to wash away the snow.
1: So you're saying, Stu, this was a film that was shot in Wicklow with an American coming to Ireland in the snow. Yeah, there's some kind of curse or something there. I was just going to say, it's just like Chasing Leprechauns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're saying it was actually a monster in Chasing Leprechauns that was causing all the trouble, not the little people at all.
0: With Rawhead Rex's kids.
1: I like it. We're going to, we're going to like tie every film we watch together somehow. We're going to find that connection.
0: We'll find the, the Blarney cinematic universe.
1: Now, so anyway, so then he goes back to where he's staying. He's staying in the local pub, the tall man. Now, Steve, I took a look for this pub as I do with every pub and every film we watch. (laughs) Right. Now, I, this was, obviously, this is from the book. There isn't, I couldn't find anywhere in Ireland that had um, a pub called The Tall Man or any, or men or any kind of variation of that. However, I did find an Irish pub called The Tall Man outside of Ireland. Would you like to guess where I found it? Uh, My first guess would be the States somewhere. No, I I gotta, I gotta answer this, Dave. I was very surprised. I didn't know there was an Irish place here. It's in Serbia. Interesting. So I'm gonna, hang on just want to get my notes up because i am going to butcher this um i think i don't know where this is exactly i think the name of the town or city is and now there are certain dialectics on some of the letters here I, i'm doing my best uh cara jorda java jorda and it's in a part of it called sid or shid it's got like an s with like a little V flick on top of it I don't know how to pronounce I'm sorry I don't speak Serbian or Croatian or anything I don't know what that is but there is an Irish pub called the Tall Man there uh, uh, which has very good reviews uh, from, from what I could see anyway so if we're ever in Serbia stay, we'll have to pop over and say hi
0: yeah as soon as the lockdown's over uh, we'll book flights
1: yeah um, it, it kind of made me think is like we've talked about like weird Irish pub well, Irish pubs in, like unusual locations like Al- or Mongolia and all that but somehow I never thought we'd there'd be one in, like just this random town in Serbia but there you go
0: but there must be who's who's going to get served a nice Guinness down there if they don't have a proper Irish bar to do it.
1: Well, see, then I was because then I was thinking, Stu, did they name it after this film? Like that would be no, great I think, if if
0: they were somehow huge fans of
1: Rawhead Rex down in fucking Serbia. Oh, because like I, I I I didn't like go in and like have the pay, the Facebook page translated or anything. I I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued now. Is this like a pub that's inspired by this film? Because if it is, I think it actually would be worth the trek of going there Stu. Uh, well, maybe I'll I'll see I'll see how close it is to like uh what's the capital Belgrade is the capital of Serbia I think we'll see how close it is to get there.
0: Right. So anyway, the next kind of big
1: scene is the the farmhouse where we get our first kill. So, firstly, this cottage is incredibly Irish. Like this, oh yeah, looks perfect. Reminds me of some country place. It's even like you know, the wife is there. I pretty much like indicate she's pregnant or something, and she's like, oh yeah, she's up. definitely pregnant in it. Yeah. And she's like cutting up the the vegetables and everything. And she goes, oh, the door's open. I "I locked it. Well, you didn't. And then so your man, Dennis, I think his name is, he goes out to check on it. And he goes and he's like, who's there? And even though he sees like a massive like cloth slash down the side of the the door. Yeah, the door has been smashed open. Yeah. And he's like, who's in there? Who's in here? And it's like, dude, I wouldn't be going anywhere near there if I saw that damage. Like at the very least, you think it must be like a, you know, a tiger or something. (laughs)
0: yeah well surely uh, as a farmer he he probably has a shotgun for the foxes so he'd probably want to wander back and get that first
1: yeah i just think like i don't think he'd like be wandering in there because even if it's just a bunch of guys messing it's like dude if they've clearly got some kind of weapon and even if it is just a group of lads look at your fucking gun or call the guards or something
0: yeah so he uh he he tries to run away and uh the one thing that that becomes very common for he loves just biting the necks of people
1: yeah and just like killing them um quickly but then like he went off of the body so then his wife uh whose name i forget like sees this and she's like having goes nuts like runs yeah, away starts and screaming raw head like jumps through the window into the kitchen is like chasing which up, i, I actually found
0: that very funny because w- when he's breaking through the window it the window is very blurry compared to earlier on when they're looking up at the the broken door so you can tell yeah. that they swapped it out for sugar glass
1: I, did, I, did, I noticed that as well Because I was thinking Is this like two way glass something And it's was like Oh it just The way it kind of shatters Like you obviously swapped out the window frame Because um, like, this was shot definitely in a real cottage I would have thought Oh yeah you'd have to But and and he, was, just, okay. uh, he, was, he was just funny And he like wrecks the, the kitchen table He's like knocking All the Yeah,
0: off <laughs> He doesn't <laughs> seem to have any specific goal He just decides to fuck shit up for
1: no reason He's just being a bit of a dick Um. Yeah he chases her upstairs then, and you think he's going to kill her, but he, like, puts his hand out, and he's, like, gonna kind of go over her tummy, and you kind of get the suggestions he's bragged into. It. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. He kind of leaves her off.
0: Yeah, see that? I think that's supposed to be more of the phallic stuff that was in the books. Apparently in the books he's a bit rapey is raw head. but uh obviously we don't see oh, that he, thankfully she's pregnant okay yeah something it's something about that no that, that what it is is and it comes up later in the movie for some reason his weakness is pregnant women
1: or women in general i think i kind of i'll actually talk about this a little bit later there there's something else i have on this but yeah i i, I kind of got the impression like it's kind of clear that oh he's not going to kill her like harm her because she's pregnant but she's still gonna be bloody traumatized like <laughs> oh wait yeah, well let me
0: it's hard to tell whether she was just traumatized or if he had like driven her mad, similar to what he does to one of the guards later on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. But um, so the next bit like uh, that I have down is that oh, sorry, Steve, I think I dropped out there for a second. Yeah, I couldn't hear you. Go ahead again. And I'll just go. So anyway, Steve. the next bit I have down is that um, the, the Yank and his wife are like walking through town and she's like, I don't like this place. And it's like, oh, what do you like? And all like and they start mauling the face off each other and then this yeah. owl one just comes along and just glares at them. <laughs> They're really horny in this as well, for whatever reason. I mean, like, there's a bit of, like, she's like wearing the night gun going through and like his mm-hmm. wife isn't bad looking, I'll give her that. But um Jesus Christ, like, do you have some decorum? Like, don't you there's a there's like a laneway or kinda of little alleyway thing right next to you. you. could have at the very least gone in there and done it.
0: But yeah, the the, I, the woman appears anyway. I think I ha- I had Thought about it at the time because if you remember the stained glass window, the kind of figure above Rawhead is wearing like this, like red hooded cloak. I think it was oh, yeah.
1: probably a plot thread that they dropped, but I think that was supposed to be a, she was supposed to be a nod to that. Oh, I see. I thought that was going somewhere because obviously they're a bit embarrassed in so sorry. and uh, like, you know, um typical old Irish woman's are like given out, which doesn't say anything, but you can just tell. And then the wife goes like, "Oh, I." It, like I know her or something like that there's like some kind of recognition in there
0: yeah I thought there was there was going to be some kind of like family connection to this place or whatever that she didn't know about and that's why she was able to, to do what she did at the end of the movie but it just I, I think they gave up on it at some point or it was caught
1: yeah cuz like the 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 Yankee like says to his son Robbie at one point he's like oh our ancestors are from you know Ireland they're they're from here and then he goes to his wife then after that maybe she's one of your long-lost cousins or something like that so I thought it was kind of going the direction It's like oh your ancestors beat be, the the monster before and you f- you finally come back and it's only you can do but it doesn't at all in the end it's kind of yeah it's it's, it's kind of thing like we we're talking here about the direction and everything else here it's like there's kind of bits that are a little bit developed and not really gone back to so yeah i'd say they had an idea there that just that that dropped at some point in the edit yeah it is it's just not great but i i, I didn't think it, i got a little bit of a laugh out of that scene at least i, I just thought it was yeah. really funny comedic timing
0: so then we have the some friend of the farmer comes along and uh finds the the wife's gone mad but the body of the farmer has been dragged off by rowhead
1: but there's a lot of blood there. So like he got he rightfully calls the guards and like they send a load of local guards in, but also like the detectives must be coming down from Dublin or the large town nearby or something. And uh, Gisham, isn't it? Or Gishum Gisham. Oh, I can't remember now. Yeah, Isaac is his name. I presume it must be he's Jewish, is is was my only kind of thought on this. Um very odd name, but he's like down as Isaac is and is like, I presume he must be Jewish is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. But um he's just going like, ah, I must be a revenge killing. And the other the other just, just going, that to be a revenge killing. And he's like, ah, I must be a bunch of fellas. And it's like, All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit mad. Um so like this bit like where it goes to the uh caravan park, which kind of just comes out of nowhere. Because the, Yeah, first, they didn't I, I the, it kind of first thought oh, when I first saw the spin, I was like, it, Oh my god, like it's like travelers at a halting site, and then it's like no one's like, Oh, they're on holiday here, but it's just like they're in the middle of nowhere. It's like, it's not really near the beach or anything. It, it's kind of portrayed, it's it's very far away from everywhere. So it's, I, you know, it's just a, it's just weird. It's not really expanded on.
0: Yeah, I had the distinct impression that it was meant to be uh, the traveling community. But they probably were told, no, don't do that kind of a thing. Well, like, you know, they, they didn't say it, but you have um, a bunch of of and a group of people there. Obviously, they don't, put on any kind of accent to, to indicate anything different but no, see, uh, it did I, I
1: just think it's really weird because if you know maybe it's better that I I don't know is, I think it probably is cultural appropriation if you like pretend to be a traveller or something like that but like you know, Brad Pitt doing it in the movie Snatch or something like that but I, I don't know but yeah it's just a bit odd so like you cut to this bit like I gotta give out about this for a second like this little kid and he's like playing soldiers and stuff like that and then you know, and there's a movie on. And then, like, his, as you find out, his brother and, like, a girlfriend are just absolutely mauling the face off each other right in front of him in, like, this tiny little caravan. Like,
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it becomes a bit of a snuff film.
1: Yeah, it's just like, what? It's like, dude what the hell is going on here it's like I know it's a small enough caravan but there's clearly like another room there if you just go into the bloody bedroom and do that don't be doing this until you're like your much younger brother and like start giving out to him and and, and so for for him like being uncomfortable with seeing his brother maul the face of someone it's like dude have a little bit of decency like
0: (laughs) yeah it gets very strange and then they decide to wander off outside and lock him in and I was like is that child abuse this is
1: kind of uncomfortable to watch and take his favorite toy as well. Like this is like this guy is a massive prick because uh, uh, you only find out he's like it's his brother later on. Um, or like, well, it has to be his brother. He's too young to be your man's father. I would have thought. And like, I, I it's, it's a yeah. god. I presume it. There must be that. But and I was like, oh, well, you are just a massive prick because then it's it's just like in the the last film we did It's like oh he's gonna get killed so. Um, and I also kind of got the impression that because she's like oh I need to talk to you about something. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll t- I can talk to him. Like, he's just being a smarmy dick. He just wants to, like, shift the face off her and stuff. I thought she was going to say, like, she's pregnant. And then that would come I of, did think that that was coming I as th- well. I thought that that was going to happen. And it would be like he'd get killed. Or, or I was going to think he'd fully, like, hide behind her. And like, the Beast would, like, sniff and, like, I'm going to leave you off. So, but, you know, and that wouldn't really be it. And they'd think they're crazy. But it goes in different directions, too.
0: Yeah. So what? what is it? The Rod destroys the kid's toy. And then wanders off in the same direction that the, the two he's had wandered off,
1: in. He's dragging off the farmer's body with them. It's, yeah. He is. So they, and the kid kind of runs after them as well.
0: Yeah. So he he sees Rawhead and he runs back. And there's a bit about that where he knocks on a
1: neighbor's caravan. And, uh, and he just kind of helps him. But he, he won't say yeah. anything. Yeah. Um And then the girl, you know, they're you know having the kisses and stuff and then the deep comes after them and it's like he goes to you see a thing and you're not really sure it looks like he's going for your man's arm because they're like holding hands and running Oh
0: I then... I knew that was coming when I saw it but yeah. one thing before that is that uh, when the the girl storms off you see your man like zip up his fly so he was obviously expecting a lot more to be happening
1: out there Oh no he was chancing his arm like you know because cause, um, he like does up her blouse as well because um, yeah. you go oh there's someone here <laughs> he's just fully going I don't care you know <laughs> yeah but anyway so so
0: they're running away and all kind of like looks to bite down on something and then the girl gets yeah, get in like and a, starts
1: a flash of his arm or something like that and then it cuts and you see her like running out alone and she's going like that and he goes where's like my fella and then you realise she's still holding onto his severed hand
0: yeah she just realise that he's gone and he just, she just has the hand it was fucking great it was really funny
1: that was really funny I mean, I don't think it was supposed to be played as funny, but how can that not be funny? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure I've am sure i seen that in other movies,
1: but it was still pretty good here. Yeah, I think it's, it is like kind of a, an underused trope, but I thought that was very funny. I, I genuinely laughed pretty hard at that. Like, I mean, I, they're all like reacting terribly, but I suppose at this point they know something is up, Um, you know, because it, it then kind of cuts to, sorry, it kind of cuts then to like the, the guards kind of turn up, don't they, to the campsite?
0: Uh, well, I think what happens next is, um, isn't it when H- Hallenbeck goes for
1: a walk? He goes, he's going for a smoke and then he sees like the beast up in the, the mountains, isn't it? He's
0: just like up on a hill or even like, yeah, a high wall. It's it's hard to tell what it actually is. But I love what happens is that he he takes out his fag, he lights it. Then he looks up and sees uh, Rawhead. He drops the fag and rather than running immediately, he kind of has a moment of realization that he dropped the fag and tries to pick it up and oh, then runs it. off. And it's just like, oh, that's right. it's like fuck the, the horse-headed monster staring at me. I just dropped my fag. He's
1: <laughs> like, like Fuck's sake. I, I'm terrified, but I have a horrible nicotine addiction.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was just very funny.
1: Oh, because like it gets like the Garda scenes as well. They're all Everyone is smoking heavily in this film. Like, it's definitely the 80s. Like I don't know if oh, should yeah. be smoking c- cigars on a, in a bloody crime scene.
0: Yeah. So then I don't think they call the police
1: yet because
0: it's the, the people in the caravan park who are yeah, sorry, searching for I, the, the, bo- I got this the mixed, people
1: i got this mixed up a bit just because we talked about earlier but this film is disjointed like i have my notes and everything else here but it's still a bit unclear even in my head and i watched this like not too long before we recorded this but it's still like jumbled up and it, it, it's just really annoying that that happens
0: yeah it jumps around a lot so they find the farmer's body first and then they send one lad back and he finds the the, the lad from the camper Fan's body as well yeah and uh, I think that's when they decide to call in the guards
1: yeah and then the the yank goes in and he tells the the shades like the guards he what he saw and like the detective gives him he's just like yeah you're talking bollocks mate and then his partner's like maybe we should listen to him um and he's like nah and he, he like drops his fag in his cup of tea oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's actually Being a dick. Funny. He's a dick he's a prick but that was a very funny but I, I I really laughed when that happened yeah um so then the Yank goes back to the the church again, and he's like trying to translate the Latin on the, the sign. It's just like, yeah, he's um, starting to figure out gets, that there's something about what it can't be or something like that. Yeah, which uh, I suppose brings it...
0: it back to the whole uh pregnant women
1: thing and giving
0: birth life and all that.
1: Yeah, then like O'Brien comes in and basically gets really aggressive and destroys his camera, and then he like intimidates him. and He Brian comes very submissive and he's just telling him to fuck off, and he's like, oh, I'll fuck off. So, and then he goes in, sees the Reverend, he's like, oh, yeah, the records are disappeared, mate, I don't know what's happened." and he's like, grant I'm off to Dublin, so at the family, and they head off um, Then we get to the bad parenting, Stu.
0: Oh yeah, so first off, isn't it, the wife sees a scarecrow and so they pull back and uh, obviously it's not Rawhead, and they yeah. drive off again, but then Minty, poor old little Minty, needs a piss, and so they just pull over, and it's like going well, no, out no, there is behind a bush no,
1: cause, like the, the first thing is, uh, she says, I have to go and he's like, we're not going back and he's like, and "She mother just goes. You should have thought of that before we left." And I was like, "You know what kids are like. They're, they're you know, they need that." So like, yeah, yeah. Just, not even at the side of the road. He just goes pretty bad to, to start. The, went to the field there, and uh, and then she mother just goes, "Oh, you can look after yourself then." Go off it's like she's clearly like about three or four. Like or so. she's not that old. Yeah, because, I can't like, imagine
0: she's more than five. But,
1: yeah, because like, cause like in the hotel bit, like, yeah, you know, she's like literally has her up and is like holding her, like rocking her to sleep almost. Um, yeah. Jesus Christ! Like, just like, bring your child out to do their business in the bushes, like. Yeah, especially so, when
0: there's some murderer running around killing people.
1: Like, I'm sorry, they are both really shit parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at least the dad
1: follows up anyway, and I deny. I, I think it was like a, it's like the, the, the kind of clever bit of misdirection where she goes in behind the bushes and she screams and the two of them run over and it's like oh it's just a dead rabbit there and yeah the the, the the dad is like looking back and then you see like his son robbie's in the car and the the, the raw head just turns up and he's like reaching in and stuff and he starts screaming and then because it the has like looking back but it's slightly obscured and he can't see that eventually he's like running back and he gets caught in the the kissing gate um yeah. and he can't and then the, the beast just goes off with robbie and then chases he like chases after him into the woods and can't see and i was like oh crap he's actually killed a child
0: yeah yeah that got really uh really dark real fast i think like it even left his foot there or something or maybe it was just the shoe but it looked like his entire it,
1: foot i think it was just a shoe but there was a lot of blood there so it's like oh and like yeah did, did that child actor his credit he did genuinely come off as terrified
0: yeah it was just it was mad stuff uh, so I think they they head back to the town then uh,
1: to try to figure something out. Yeah, and then uh, it's like he's given out to the guards, and then like they get the picture from the young fella from the caravan site. Yeah, and it actually is raw the head. monster. And then he's like I fucking told you, you know, is like about they should listen to me. He's like, all right, maybe I should have. Um, just to say as well about the kid, like he has the most eighties Irish haircut I've ever seen. So he's got like oh, the fringe. Yeah. And like he's got a mullet and a fringe, like gel down fringe of like down to his eyes. I'm like, my god, that is like Ireland in the '80s, right there. It's that is a hell of a haircut, too.
0: Yeah, uh, is it around then? He he heads back to the church again because I have yeah, a he quote. Goes- yeah, he goes back to the church. and He's talking to to the actual priest who's not crazy. Um, but I have a a great quote that he says. It was just like one of the best lines in the movie is, uh, I don't believe in the devil, but something started the rumor.
1: Yeah, that was quite good. I, I would say as well, like this is the part where like David Dukes actually, yeah, I said the right name, David Dukes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, David, the actor, as I will now call him. Um, He's actually, gets, he's actually decent enough in this part. Like I, he, he has like a very good bit where he's getting anger at the two detectives. Like he actually emotes. He's actually got like some feeling. Yeah. He actually is like starting to show that he can actually act pretty well. Um, it it just takes like literally his son to die for him to actually start acting coherently. But um, yeah, you know, he's like uh, to, to give him his credit. He he does show that he is one of the best actors in this film at this point. He's he's good at doing angry. Um, less so a kind of normal, but he comes across <laughs> quite well in this. Very passionate.
0: Yeah. Um. You know he did he did a really good job. One thing I found really distracting about him is his hair.
1: Yeah, it's I don't know very... what it was. It, It looked almost
0: knitted or something. It was just really perfect. Uh, Maybe it was like some kind of weird perm thing that they were doing in the 80s, but it was just almost like like a Lego hair that had just been like clipped onto him.
1: It just—I I actually was thinking um, the Irish wrestling podcast. OSW, so They have like a there's a referee they call Lego Ref because he has the exact same hair like that. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so I, I was thinking of that, but it, it just like he must have killed about three moose to get his hair like that. To do like with the whole tsh, and then like putting on the hair gel and everything else. Like I think if you if you threw him off the top of that church, his hair wouldn't move. Yeah. So, so it's so around this get, time in the movie where everything kind of kicks off. Yeah. With the in, like uh, the last thirteen five minutes. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it it, it it ramps up real quick. So, Raw attacks the, the caravan
1: park. He flips over a caravan, which was hilarious. And then, like, the old fella who was, like, drinking, uh, he gets, like, whipped out the door. And then, like, he drags... This is kind of the bit where it gets, it, like, a little bit dodgy. And he grabs like, one of the other girls out the window and, like, rips off her top. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. And you just see, like... It's like, oh, my God. Who was like, what the fuck? And yeah, like, I mean, it,
0: it it's yeah. when you're not expecting that in the movie. And then out of nowhere, it's like, you know what, this scene needs... Someone to be topless. It's like it's ridiculous. It's like, this is a horror movie. Why why is this happening? It was just
1: very funny. But one part no, it, that yeah, also made me laugh. But it just comes out and over It's just so oh, yeah, much. It's, like that is entirely gratuitous and unnecessary in this film. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> but as well, that like you see that the, the people who are living in the caravans actually start trying to like physically fight rawhead wrecks.
1: Well, they go for him, like and he's like battered them off. And one guy takes out a shotgun and like Fires at him and clearly has no effect, and he like shoots. Yeah. Is he like? I don't know if he's like deliberately shooting like one of the, the gas canisters next to the caravan, but there's a big explosion then anyway. Yeah, but it's just it's so funny. It's like that whatever this thing
0: is clearly isn't human, and it just flipped a caravan over with its bare hands, and you decided to punch it in the stomach.
1: Well, I mean, I think it was like they were all kind of drinking, maybe they had a bit of Dutch courage too.
0: Oh well, it clearly didn't help. But yeah, uh, the one funny thing I noticed as well is that during this whole thing, that they, they're kind of cutting back and forth between the, the caravan park and the Garda station. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed it, Rob, but it's that Garda station... Smoking. No, no, no. That Garda station is in the daytime. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. You can you can see like streaks of light coming in from windows because like oh, it, it's... God. All of the cameras are facing away from the window, but you can see like strips of light coming in. And it's like, no, this is clearly daytime in this scene. And then it's like cutting back. So Raw had rampaging around in the pitch dark.
1: I did think that it was a bit bright, but I just figured that was like you know, the studio like I, I thought that was like they they obviously shot that on a set, so I think it was fine. But I did I just thought you were getting at there's like a massive no-smoking sign there. The two detectives are like puffing away every five minutes. Yeah, look, it, it might have been a sound stage
0: or whatever, but it's just it like you could tell that there was some external light source coming through the windows.
1: There, I just like to briefly about the Garda station I mentioned mentioned like you can tell it's County Wicklow because it says like County Wicklow sheep tipping regulations 1984 but there's right. also a bunch of other like very funny kind of stuff like very kind of accurate signs this is like is your best friend worth the fiver like for dog licenses there's like a little even there's a little box thing for like where to get the dog license forms and everything else um, and there was something else there about it, it, I it was up in the background I think it's actually behind when the um, the Yank is like in there talking to the guy, the sergeant, about where's Detective Gisham. Like the, the wife is like there holding the daughter. There's like a sign behind her. It's just like your best friend could be a killer. It's like, keep your dog inside. And I, and I was going like, is that deliberate kind of a little thing? I think I, I think it wasn't, but I, I thought they were kind of making a point about having that over the wife's head. But I probably was reading too much into this as I regularly do.
0: Maybe. I mean, look, Ireland has some ridiculous stuff. I mean, I think I've told you ages back that uh, I had to go up to the tax office once so I was just reading some of the literature that they had just to keep myself busy when I was waiting. And uh, one of the, the the leaflets that they had was the Rules of the Road for
1: Riding a Horse. You, well, it's Limerick, I mean... Yeah. I
0: know, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I can't imagine any other country where that would be... Uh, very necessary especially in the tax office but there
1: it was for me yeah i I think i just like for our foreign listeners which is quite a lot of you um it's we've said this before it's like not terribly uncommon to see horses on the road in ireland strictly like with a a horse and trap we'd say kind of like a little carriage behind them particularly down where we're from in limerick it's quite common
0: yeah i think i i kept it there somewhere it was a funny little leaflet showing you how to, you know, signal if you're turning off to the left or right and roundabouts and
1: stuff. Just like have the horse's tail like flick in the direction you're, you're going to turn. <laughs> well, no, unfortunately, it's hand signals, Rob. <laughs> so back to the movie. Anyway,
0: um, I think the next big thing that happens is when they, when the guards get there, you know the the guards are like trying to catch up to Rawhead because he runs away, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and then it's it's just like he runs off because he's after massacring everywhere and at this this yeah caravan, so all things so, that whatever it's supposed to be. Um, and there's all people like running around severely injured from the explosion and him and bits of bodies around. It's pretty gruesome. Um, and then they're like, "Oh, we're going to go off to get in this way. So then get and like the detective and his sergeant, they're like driving in the car. And then the beast like reaches in and gets him, but like he doesn't kill him because the other guard guard just drives off terrified. He, but he like hypnotizes him. Um, yeah, he, he does the same him thing as like, he did to O'Brien or whatever. And yeah. Then, but no one else knows that he doesn't really do anything. It only comes up a bit later. But yeah,
0: yeah. So so he kind of we don't see much of him for a while then. But uh, so then the they next...
1: they're like sorry. Go ahead. Go on.
0: Go on. Uh, the next big thing that I have written down because it was possibly the weirdest shit that I've ever seen in a horror movie and I've seen a lot of horror movies, is um, the, the purser O'Brien. beats yeah. Rawhead and uh, kneels down while the, the <laughs> proper priest is watching from around the corner as Rawhead Rex pisses on him.
1: Yeah, this is genuinely baffling. Um, like, he describes it later to the priest, like, oh, he baptised me. Yeah. And it's like, all right, that's fine, but like this is genuinely really, really weird. Like, I mean, look, not to shame anyone, it was just an odd choice for the movie. Yeah, because we get O'Brien's gone mad at this point. You can see, you know, the creature's eyes, and he he's like clearly possessed or something. He's gone mad, but like this was just—I get like they had to do like a scene where like the, the priest like knows he's gone mad and goes in, and then. Then it gets really kind of weird because it's like O'Brien's like going in there and he's he's destroyed the church. He's like, you know, damaging it. And then he's like, oh, you got to join my master. And like the priest goes down and finds the records and sees like the old pictures of him. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, loads
0: of historical evidence or documents of, yeah, from however long ago.
1: And then it was just like he's just giving out and he's like, you're a man of God. You can't be doing that. And he's like, oh, my God is there. And then it's like, um, of then go up, back up out of the crypt and back to the church and then he's like, the priest is like uh, "Uh, well he's too scared to come in, you're like why is he? And then he's like at the door and he, cause I was thinking like was, they're going to go with oh he can't come into like sacred ground kind of a thing. Yeah that's what I thought oh, as well at the time. And then like he gets the cross and it's like pointing you have the, the <laughs> well, I just like rips the cross out of his arm and kills Yeah. <laughs> then the guards sacrilegious like
0: <laughs> Yeah so the guards turn up and Rohead wanders out holding the the priest in his arms. So the guards somehow have a load of, I think submachine guns or something
1: like that. Oh, like they have a proper like submachine guns and assault rifles. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they, but I, they, I, I, they, I, maybe it's the army or something like that. But I don't know. They have a load of guns anyway.
0: I think this was actually a gaff because the they use their the uniforms. You know, it's not even no. It's not that the the, the uniform all says is like police on it, whereas yeah. obviously it would say guardy.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think there's a couple of. It. I, I mean, I don't think it's they went to entirely inaccuracy in, in, in this film too. So.
0: Yeah. In any case, uh, so they won't shoot because uh, Rawhead is holding
1: the priest, um, and like the other detectives like, "Oh, he's still moving. He's still alive." And then Gisum, like turns up and like scolds, and he gets like two things of Petra out of his car and like throws him on the ground down towards the the guard cars. Yeah. like, after, like, Rod, like, throws down the, the priest and he's, like, he's like you know, like, alright, get ready to shoot one, two, and then, like, gets, like, lights them on fire and they burn. And, like, everyone's, like, running around genuinely on fire. Which is, like, Yeah,
0: like, then the inspector wanders over burning and fucking, like, Kneels down in front of Rawhead, and it's just—it's the mad scene.
1: I thought he, like, I totally thought like Raw was gonna like piss, and then it would like put the fire out or something like
0: that. Well, I mean, he had to—he'd have had to take taken a drink. Like, I mean, you can't do that twice.
1: Yeah, it was—it was just really because like, gives him like he's gone mad and he's like on fire and all this, and it's just like Jesus, because like they're genuinely in this. Film, like, there's about four or five people running around on fire. Like, they—they looks like they did that for real with stuntmen.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Like, there's no way to do that back then. But yeah, so then uh, the yank shows up and uh, he finds the the priest who's still alive somehow, and kind of says that there's something in the altar because he had he touched it as well earlier on and it burned his hand.
1: But uh, yeah, we forgot to mention that the priest like touched the altar and like burned his hand, but he he only had like a brief vision. But he like took his hand off it pretty quick and it's like he's looking at the the blisters on it and everything.
0: Yeah, so uh, the yank goes inside anyway, and I think he has a another
1: bit of a confrontation with your man, doesn't he? O'Brien is there and the the two of them are having a scrap and O'Brien seems to have gotten much stronger like he has like supernatural powers and he like belts him halfway across the the, the altar Um, it's kind of working out as well that he's we we, we didn't really mention this and this goes against like how mishmash parts of the film are because it's actually hard even though I have notes in front of me it's really hard to keep track of parts of this so he, he's worked out that the, the really weird stained glass image that has like the, the, the reds coming through in the eyes it's oh, yeah. like there's like bits of it that are incomplete because like he asked the reverend what's the story with these weird stained glass windows and he, and he says well they've been like rechanged a lot of times he said they were like knocked out in the 1860s or a lot of damage done to the church so they kind of rebuilt it and it kind of works out that um, they took bits of the windows and kind of put them together but it's it's like in the yeah, wrong, put together wrong, yeah, yeah, because like it's basically the, the stained glass one like shows the depiction like how to, the beast coming up and him being defeated, but it's one of the other stained glass windows that has like the incomplete bit of showing someone holding up a rock or something, and that's what it, that that's was kind of caused the beast to go away. So he kind of surmises that there must be some. He said it looks like a sword, or like a rock or something to his wife that can defeat the beast and put it back so anyway he's he's kind of going in looking for it and he must recock on a cop that there's something in the altar that'll do that so Brian fights him anyway and scraps him and whatever else and he touches the altar and burns his hand and he you know there's something there so he eventually like uses one of the the candles candle yeah. to open it up and like it's this red light and smoke coming out of it and it seems to be like really hot and he can't look at it he flips it open and then it goes off and he gets this stone out of it which is know, like like a figurine or something is it
0: I I think it's vaguely shaped like a a pregnant woman. Uh, yeah, from what like, I saw it, of it, it
1: it looked feminine anyway. Yeah. Um. So he he does kill O'Brien though, doesn't he? At this point, no. Sorry, he doesn't. O'Brien goes out after the the Rawhead, and then Rawhead kills him. But that's what he wanted because he says, "Oh, he's going to kill me, and it's going to be great." So he gets what he wants. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, so then, like, the Yank is, like, holding the stone over his head, and, like, Rod is clearly, like, scared by it, and he's, like, oh, come on, work, work, damn you, work, and it doesn't, and then, like, Rod just batters him, um, and knocks him over, and then, like, his wife turns up for some reason, and then he's, like, to her, like, Jesus, get away, like, he's, he's gonna do something, you know? I mean, so Rob, you're, for, like, you're
0: forgetting, actually, that the Yank was doing some classic, fucking, uh, combat roles.
1: Oh, Like, he he's was. the only one who...
0: Who held his Metal own Gear against Solid, Ryan.
1: Metal Gear Solid like, rolls too. Jesus Christ! Like, I, I don't
0: know. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Dark Souls games, but just <laughs> the amount of rolls <laughs> that you do—it's like, a combat roll out of any
1: situation. You're just like someone's cr- swinging at you, just combat roll away. I was thinking like in you know, Metal Gear Solid, where like Snake can do like a roll or something like that. <laughs> it reminded me of that. Yeah, but it, like any
0: roll, it's a complete miss. And it's just it's yeah. that kind of thing where he's just rolling around, but he eventually gets hit. And his wife, who must have left their infant daughter in the police station on her and own.
1: Because the sergeant is, he met him at the, he's like the only guard that hasn't been burnt to death, basically. So, yeah. That's like, maybe she left her in the car because that, that went fine the last time you left one of your kids in a car. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually a fair plot point. I didn't even cop that. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So then like, she picks up the rock and it, it starts glowing and stuff and it and goes, when the cops, oh, it, it, it must be, a, a woman must have mm. to hold it and then there's, like, light shooting out of it. And yeah, it's classic of... 80s CGI. And then, like, the pillars start lighting up, and then this, like, maiden and, then like, this red dress kind of glows in over her head or something like that. Yeah, which, once again, I thought that
0: was when the, the old lady would have come back in and had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah,
1: but it wasn't. It, it just, that really never went anywhere. I, was I mean, really I suppose then.
0: if I were kind of reconstructing the script, maybe the old woman went to the police station and told her that she had to go and maybe she stayed there with the kid would be the only kind of logical thread as to why the, the mother decided to go.
1: Yeah, because she just turns up, like, I can get, like, that the Yank must go there with the sergeant, or, like, he drives there or something, but how does she get there?
0: Yeah, so I, I would only imagine that there there must be a deleted scene where the, the elderly woman we saw before comes to her and is like, no, no, you need to be there to do this.
1: Yeah, it just seems like there's a few bits missing here, and, like, and I, I think it, it really makes this confusing. Like, I mean, we we've been struggling to follow uh, some of this just because of how much it jumps around. Even though we have like two pages of notes in front of both of us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it starts um, working so anyway. It. That happens. Yeah, and then the, he gets thrown like through a. He kind of it's like he almost like melts back and stuff like that. It it like yeah, he definitely kind of like smaller, like shrinks and,
0: and looks older and
1: kind of shriveled then, up. And then the yank starts hitting him with a stick or something for some reason.
0: I think it's like he was reaching out or grabbing her or something. I, I can't exactly. It was yeah, hard to it, see what he was doing.
1: But he just starts whacking him with something, anywho. And then like he falls into the ground and he gets buried under like yeah some stuff. some weird cavern underneath
0: the the graveyard that hasn't been seen before. Maybe it was the magic of the the idol, but he kind of gets yeah. buried. But of course the wife drops the fucking idol then down with and him, it isn't falls it? into the hole into yeah, yeah so <laughs> great idea to 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 lose it
1: yeah uh, then we get like uh, unless i'm missing something here because i just have like it's it cuts to like in the future and like you hear them singing hymns in the church again and like the young fellow from the caravan park is like putting flowers and you presume like with the names like that must be like his brother or i don't know yeah, i you don't think it's his father i don't it's think i follow unfair. this but <laughs> well, no, <laughs> whatever it, it was you're given his name he's like he's the, the kid of the johnson's reverend it's like that's john something johnson so he's they're definitely related anyway I presume it's his yeah. elder brother I'm not really sure no sign of the girl but anyway and next thing it just cuts to the beast just jumping out of the ground yeah so that's, that's kind of,
0: kind the, of the end <laughs> uh, interesting film Jesus
1: Christ almighty um, uh, didn't
0: get the sequel that it was hoping for clearly
1: good quite quite frankly good
0: <laughs> but as you said before possible reboot
1: I'd be interested to see it I hope to do it in Ireland and do it substantially better um, what do you think do? like the thing
0: is i kind of enjoyed it because of how ridiculous it was but i can't give it a crack of gold so it's definitely a crock of shite.
1: oh it had to go a crock as well like the, there were things that that were funny but this was a serious film but the thing about it is though i like films that are so bad they're good as i've said in this podcast before and you know this wasn't that though this genuinely was too shit to be good um is what it is so like the editing the direction they let the film down so much that like we we're struggling to follow the plot of it with like having stuff written in front of us and having seen the film that's not a good sign like I, I think this could be potentially edited together with like deleted scenes and things like that and some other choices that it would at least be more coherent it might be a bit longer but I I don't know, like an hour and a half long it's, it wouldn't really hurt that much but I think that lets it down so much that even the the kind of how shit the creature costume is some of the questionable acting in it some of the weird decisions taken in it would be would be kind of funny and it would kind of lend credence to it being so bad it's good but because the basic film making itself isn't good and is really lacking in places that just puts it down too much that it, it, it makes it just a terrible film. I think. Yeah. It,
0: it had potential to be a kind of schlock classic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of like, as you said, so bad, it's good, but it just
1: not, never really got there in the end. I think you could do like, you know, like the everyone like The room is kind of the main example of a so bad it's kind of good film, and like they made like the disaster Artist is based about Tommy Wiseau and that. I'd like to see someone like do something similar about this, just like kind of a making of it, and just like generally try and make it into something like that. I could see that working, but this was too too shit to be bad, if you know what I mean. So it can't be so bad; it's good because it's just shit. Yeah, it's just it, terrible. It was
0: poor. It was interesting. There was, in terms of Irish stuff, there was a few good bits. Obviously, the accents were quite good overall.
1: I think. Um, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's funny that because most people in this film were Irish, actually, um, so there wasn't really an issue with with, with accents and the like. But um, the, the the issue we have with accents is actually American accents, which which is funny. Yeah. It's kind of almost the opposite of why we set up this podcast. But uh, I yeah, I mean, a,
0: overall. The, the three
1: farmers from the start were probably the highlight, just in terms of, you know, like, oh, the dinner's on the table. They, they, that was very funny. And I looked like the the old Massey Ferguson, like, the uncovered one pulling that out. That was very good. I, I mean, I wish you had more time with them. Yeah, they, like, they should have been
0: characters throughout the whole thing, because even, like, I assume that their lines must have been on, like, not unscripted, but ad libbed at the time, because, like, those are very
1: Irish phrases to be saying. I think they kind of let them sort of work out their own bits. I I I definitely get the impression that while Clive Barker may have done some of the scripting and things like that, I, he's English or is, is he Clive Barker? I don't know. Uh, I couldn't tell you actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But I, he's not Irish as far as I'm aware. I'd, I'd be shocked if he was. But um, it seems like there was a little bit of input from maybe some of the actors into kind of what's... Um, yeah, it it it's from Liverpool. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay, so maybe there's a bit of Irish in there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think overall the actors, some of them were quite good. Like I think I said like um, David, uh, surname redacted so I don't make an error. When he, in the last third of the film, he really became you know a much better actor just because he got angry, he got passionate because like, his son had been killed and you know, he actually is like he's actually a good actor. I think even O'Brien is a the guy who played him is very good at blowing batshit insane. <laughs> so it um it overall, I think the acting was grand in parts. There were like you know, the farmer's wife, she was a bit wooden, but anyway, um and the kids were as competent as they could be, really. But yeah, I I, I don't think the acting really was at fault here. Was the thing I really put it more at the editing and the direction. You um, know, like the special effects, which weren't great. I'm willing to say it's fine. You know what? Did you really expect when the creature looks like that? So, yeah, I think kind of I read really... that they
0: they only had four weeks to actually
1: make the costume, so that's probably why it looked as shit as it did. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, I I did like the thing like where how like it, it's they had like nails extending and kind of shots. That's at least they tried to do something with it. Yeah, it was a little interesting. So anyway, that's
0: pretty much it for the movie. Uh, next week I'm going Don't to be doing this, a report though. look watch it if you like uh, you can find it in a couple of places on the internet uh, that's all I'll say about that uh, next week I'm going to be doing a, a big report on the Irish history of Halloween so kind of how how what we know of as Halloween today started in Ireland however many thousands of years ago it did yep under under a church oh yeah definitely <laughs> it all started with the monolith being knocked down yeah,
1: it's uh, it's it's an Irish thing, um, and you'll you'll hear more about it next week. So stop culturally appropriating us Americans. <laughs> Don't start that rub. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I, I suppose at least we got some interesting podcast out of um, out of a terrible film. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it sounded all right. And uh, yeah, we did our I, best anyway because we're we're not like next to each other, so I I, I we we're not sure if it's going to lose a bit of chemistry and a bit of us bouncing off each other, but. I think this went well. Hopefully, your quality is good as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening anyway, guys. Um, as usual, please tell a friend if you enjoy this podcast and give us some feedback. We read everything that you send in and we really appreciate it. You can reach us at Gmail at talkingblarneypod at com, and you can reach us on Twitter at blarneypod. is the Twitter name and give us a shout on that and we do read everything. We haven't been as active on the Twitter as we sh- we really should be. Um, We're going to make sure that we start sharing the episodes on Twitter again and probably, you know, on Facebook and things like that. We, maybe we'll even set up an Instagram page. I don't use Instagram, but, you know, we'll do something. But anyway, but, uh, so for me, it's goodbye. See you next week, guys. Okay.